We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. Welcome to the Dotcast from Nine Dots. Nine Dots is the online learning community for wedding photographers. You can become a member and find out about our annual conference, the Nine Dots Gathering, at nine-dots.co. Welcome back to the Nine Dots Dotcast. This week it's me, Adam Johnson, and joined by my good friend Rahul Kona. Yo, yo. How's it going, dude? All good, mate. All good. How's it going with you? Yeah, no, it's good. I feel like I've not been on here for a few weeks. It's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You haven't been on here for a few weeks. I just thought about that. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Welcome back. Here I am. Here I am. Still alive. Still alive. Still kicking. No, it's good. I enjoyed listening to last, last week's uh, chat with two man that you and Andy had. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was an interesting conversation, to be fair. It was. Oh, I, I enjoy listening to Andy and Two Man Talk as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Interesting to listen to them though, because they have quite. I think they have. If you didn't, if you didn't know them, they have they have quite a different view on a lot of things than you might expect. Like when they when they said about that they're not that interested in weddings or photography. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it's good to it, like. Not, there's not enough. I think there's not enough people at the top of the game like they are who are honest about their approach. Who say the say the right things? Say the things that people want to hear. Say the things that the that is like the industry lines, and you know, fair play to them. They're not they're not doing that. They're being themselves, and they're following their own path. And I I really enjoyed listening to it. I found it inspiring, even though that, even though I didn't expect to hear that. I found it really inspiring to hear that even even if you're not inspired by weddings or photography, you can be incredible at wedding photography. Yeah, I think that's why I didn't say anything because I was just taking it in as well, just listening. I was just like, okay, this is a I wasn't expecting that either, you know. Like I'm, I was so glad that they were like honest and open. It was, it was, it was, it was a good listen. Listen to it if you haven't listened to it already. Yes, do that, do that. So, what you been doing this week, dude? In the, what's been happening in the life of Rahul Kona? Mate, nothing. No normal COVID things, in it. I baked bread, or I made a uh, banana bread. That's a COVID thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Came out really good, you know. And they, and they polished it all, um, and then some of her cousins, like we were just giving them out in boxes, and then. Uh, what else have you been doing? Nothing. Running, cycling, barbecuing, enjoying this glorious weather. What about yourself? Mate, I, I have been delighted to find my way back onto the tennis court the last week and a half. So that's where I've been the entire time. Whenever I've been able to, I've been playing tennis. Because um, let me tell you, I have eaten all the biscuits in the world during lockdown. And that does not do good things for the figure. So, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to cut I'm trying to quit the biscuits. I'm trying to I'm trying to play tennis when as, as often as I can, and uh, but it's a it's a daily it's a daily struggle. So no, I mean, I, I was saying I was chatting to somebody today actually about you know obviously obviously you know not to not to not to take the we were going to try not to talk too much about Corona, but um, it's very rare that we're going to get the option get the opportunity to really enjoy a summer as wedding photographers, and this year we're going to have that opportunity, so we should we should damn well enjoy it, Rahul Kona. Oh yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent. I had the same sort of conversation with someone last week as well about the weather, and they were like, "I'll never get this time back again." Like with my kids, you know, I'd always have to be thinking about planning or shooting a wedding and stuff like that. I can't remember who it was, but um, and they're like, "I'm just embracing it all and just going out with them and doing like outdoor stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, that's good. You should do that." Yeah, you know, we should, we all should like you know do whatever you want to do and embrace the weather and enjoy this time off. It's very true. And stop eating biscuits. That's my uh, personal motto. So what are we going to talk about? I think when we had a chat before, we were talking about maybe um, 
giving ourselves, because you and me have been doing this, what, for best part of 10 years now. Yeah. If, if you if we could go back and, and give ourselves some advice in those early early years, what might we say? And uh, I don't know, it seems like a good thing to talk about. Yeah. Hindsight <laughs> stuff. Hindsight. Hindsight, yeah. So, I mean, if you could go right back to the beginning and tell that wet behind the ears, Rahul Kona, just about to get into wedding photography, tell him like some top tips for for his, for his career. What what would you what would your first one be? Oh, my first, I think my first tip will definitely be don't buy all the gear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I don't know if people know, but basically, you know, I went out there and bought two five D classics. Well, they were the normal Mark ones at the time. Yeah. I bought a 16 to 35. I bought a 85 1.2, the 50 1.4, the 1.2, sorry, the 35 1.4, 70 to 200, 2.8. I walked out of Calumet with boxes in one bag and ordered a kit in a Calumet case, which they gave me for free because they felt bad. So I think my first thing would be like, yeah, just don't go out there. Oh, I'm not including all the flashes and all the other stuff, you know. Well, you, went, you literally went and bought all that in one trip. Yeah, yeah. 10 grand. Yeah, yeah. It was in one trip. It was in one trip. I don't do things by halves, dude. That's my oh, problem. You don't. Definitely I should. Don't. I should, I should uh, tell myself that all the time, <laughs> even going forward. But yeah, like, um, so yeah, that would be my first thing. Would be like, you know, don't, and that, don't was, that was in the days when you were you were mainly second shooting for free. Yeah, I hadn't even started second shooting then. I <laughs> had nothing. <laughs> I, it was just an idea in my head that I'm going to shoot weddings. So I bought all this stuff and then and I initially like I was gonna set it up with a friend of mine, but then he moved to San Fran and then so it was just me. And then uh and then I just sat there going, Well, I don't really know what to do now. <laughs> and then it was only then when my friend hooked me up with a wedding photographer that I started second shooting. And I had all the kit already, all the cards, everything. <laughs> but I had no I had I didn't even know how to like yeah, had nothing to do with the cameras. <laughs> You must have had more than the when you I started. Thought it was a flowers. When you started second shooting, you must have had more kit than the main photographer. No, nearly, nearly. Uh, to be fair, yeah, because I introduced. He used to be into the twenty four seventy two point eight and the seventy to two hundred two point eight. Um, so, you know, when he saw my eighty five one point two and the things I could do with that, then he was just like blown away. And now he shoots like eighty five thirty five. But um, in the beginning, yeah, he did. I never even thought about using that kind of lens at a wedding. You know. Yeah, that's so, great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not many people went went straight ahead, straight and bought primes in those days. Yeah, no. Um, I did my research. I just, you know what? Like, I guess I just followed like all these photographers, and then you can kind of dive in and within blog posts and stuff like that. They'll just or they'll be like, "What kit I have?" And I like had a little spreadsheet, I guess, with like five or six photographers that I loved, and they basically all had these similar sort of things. And then yeah, I just at all oh man I, I you made me remember now i used to do whenever i liked a picture when i was looking through blogs and stuff back in the day you, you can't do this as much anymore because people don't tend to leave it on and obviously a lot of stuff's on instagram now but if i liked a picture on somebody's blog i'd save it and then it, most people exit. in those days, days used to leave the exit on all the all their images and you could see what camera they used what lens they used what f-stop they used and i, I think to, i did the same mate i did the same that's how i got to uh knowing all the kit as well yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And I even I think at one point I had a plugin for, for Google Chrome that just overlaid the EXIF. So you could, as you were scrolling through, you could just see 
like 35 mil, 24, 70, uh, 70 mil, whatever it, what a strange obsession to have. Cause as if you're, as if that's going to help you in any way to, to be a better at taking pictures. No, I know. But like in the beginning, if you're trying to do research and you don't know what the heck you're doing, then it's, I guess it's a little bit of a benefit, but you know, I'm glad that you, no one sees the exit. I don't want anyone to know that I'm shooting on a 24-70. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I used, to, I used to follow a photographer back in the day called Otto Schulzer. Did you ever see his work? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to be yeah. with Fair in that, and then he moved to South Africa or something. I don't know. He was, he was definitely like one of the like the famous, famous one. Yeah. No, he wasn't. No, 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 no. Don't think so. I, I know who you're talking about that. I know you're talking yeah, about yeah. But he, anyway, a lot of his blog posts is literally he would use like four different cameras, 16 different lenses, of like a Hasselblad for a couple of images, so then a couple of film photos. It was crazy. Like he, I thought he, that was like inspired me back in the beginning, probably in the not in the best way. A bit like what you're saying to buy everything. Yeah. <laughs> but if you so you'd go back and give yourself the advice not to buy all that. But why? 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 What do you think was the problem with having all that stuff? Oh, I bought way too much stuff at that point. Like literally, you know, I wouldn't say like. Um, I want to give my advice and just go and say, oh, just shoot 3585 because that's what you're going to do in the future. Um, it would be like, I guess you like all of this is like you have to go through the process, right? Yeah. I would definitely be like, okay, you don't need the 70 to 200. You don't need the 135 as well if you've got a 70 to 200. Pick one and the 135 is the way to go. Um, you know, you don't need the, well, for me in my style, like, I didn't really need the 50 um, or the 100 more macro. So, there would just be things that I would trim out, I guess, and be like, look, calm down, buy three or four lenses and see, and like different focal lengths and see how you feel and what, if you like the images you're producing and then, you know, mate, do you it that to, way, I guess. You, you, you couldn't let go of the 100 mil macro. What about the ring shot phase? Oh yeah. The ring shot phase that lasted all of two months. <laughs> I added it for a whole year. And the highlight being, I remember very, I remember vividly, balancing some rings on a Ferrero Rocher. Nice. Why is it? I mean, why? I don't know. Yeah. It's the same as me. Like, I had this inspired idea of dropping it in a champagne glass once. <laughs> and I was just like, and like the image was like really cool. Like I loved it, but I was just like, yeah, I don't know about throwing this 6,000 pound diamond ring into a <laughs> champagne glass. Like, <laughs> I, you know, what I blame, oh yeah, I blame. I'm just trying, trying to be negative, but that ring shots were a massive thing on early fearless. Do you remember? Like to, there was a lot of ring shots in, in the early fearless awards. I don't really remember. Yeah. No, maybe the memory's better than mine. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like, but ring shots were like a big thing because I remember when you follow certain photographers, I won't name them, but they always have like, re, like some of them had amazing, they was really cool ring shots, like amazing ring shots and stuff like that, you know? And I just thought, I don't know. It's a bit like me when I first started. You know, I went into London um, and I did uh, just when I started safer shooting and I did this strobish shoot, but then we did an all night one. And then uh, I, had to, I bought a tripod. I wanted to do those light trail shots, you know, yeah. like the buses going by and the lights just dragging and like they were really cool. It's just something to get out of yeah, my system. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know, yeah, yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? You have to, you, everything's a bit of a rite of passage. But I would definitely, I'd same advice as you, really. Like, I, my work changed a lot because i i my research when i forgot into wedding photography just took me down the 24 70 70 200 route and that was all i had i had those two lenses in a 50 because that seemed to be what everybody else had and i never used the 50 um and i mainly like 90 percent of the time used the 70s 200 because to, to me that was what pros used a big massive white 
10 foot long lens that, that's how you, what you had to use I remember showing it everyone I remember buying that lens and showing it everyone because it almost like it was a trophy of professionalism to have, yeah. the, to have this ridiculously massive lens it was also awesome because you didn't have to go close to people <laughs> so it. it's just like you could just be like this proper like well, I mean when I first started I know everyone thinks that like I'm this like man extrovert or something but I was like well shy you know like so 70 to 200 was was a beautiful place to be at basically outside the room shooting a wedding <laughs> so true i don't know how you shot how you shot indian weddings on that though oh man for portraits go over there go over there <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Make, they make some good portraits though that 70 to 200 if you if you get to the 200 if you can post right, someone yeah. and then run all the way back and get to that 200 depth of field no it was good like, for groups as well i used to find oh yeah yeah Really, really nice for groups. But yeah, no, I'm not I'm not dissing the Zooms, but I would definitely go back and they didn't suit the way that I work now or the way my mind works. And my my work transformed overnight when I started using. I borrowed, I had a really, really good mate who, was, who used to live in Manchester and now lives in Devon. And he, let, he, he lent me a 24, 35, 50, 85 for this one wedding because it was, it was he, he'd got me the wedding. It was his mate's wedding. Yeah. Oh, do you want to borrow all my gear? So I just borrowed all his, and and I just like I just couldn't believe how different it felt to take pictures with primes. So yeah, I'd go back and just tell myself to just not bother with the zooms. It's a bit similar to you, really. Um, but yeah, I didn't go out and, sp- and splash ten k before I'd even had any weddings to shoot. Back yeah, in the-, the thing is, is that like you know what? I, I did it because at that point I had money to invest in setting up a new business or something, and like I mean, yeah, it was. It was I don't know. I'm, I'm not the sort of person. I'll just do those things. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. What about, <laughs> what about the business side of things? What, what advice? What, what advice would you go back and give yourself on the on the businessy side of things? Mm, that's a good one. It's trickier. It's a trickier question. I can't think right now. I mean, <laughs> we'll probably be like flip a coin with your brother and be like, actually, I can use rollcona.co.uk, but in the end, he got such in Kona.com. and then it's just like two Konas, you know. Yeah, he was more in, and he was more famous as well because of a. Uh, been on creative live with jasmine star or whatever right so yeah 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 he had like all these followers and stuff so he used to get messages saying oh there's another photographer uh Raul kona like do you know him like he's using your name like surname he says yeah that's my brother i, know, yeah, I remember that used to really know you back in the day everyone would be like oh you're sachin's brother yeah yeah to be fair all his life he's always been like oh you're Rahul's brother <laughs> like from like when i used to dj and stuff like that so you know yeah. Goes around, comes around, but then exactly you, you sent him, you sent him to a different continent, so that that sorted everything out. Yeah, exactly. Everything worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, like you know what, like business wise, is is like it's difficult, you know. You just got to find your way, haven't you? But I mean, I, I've I don't know if I've made a lot of mistakes in business, but I've definitely tried a lot. You know, I've spent I've definitely spent too much money on things like business cards. For, for, no, for no reason. <laughs> Anytime you've got a move offer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What, what's this new foiling thing? Or was that the edge in the middle? Yeah, yeah the, the Lux. Card. Remember, it was the Lux. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, had to, I had to get those cards, you know. I was just like. Yeah, yeah, same. Boom, I buy him. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know what I've done with my, all my business. I, I, I just used to like, for a bit, somebody told me actually once that you should just leave them lying around at weddings. And I think I did that for a few weddings in a row. Then I realized I was, felt like a complete tool by doing that. Oh, yeah, no, no. I wasn't a good friend. Whoever told you that, <laughs> no, I can't remember who. I can't remember who. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's tricky. Uh, the 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 tricky thing about the whole, you know, what would you what would you go back and say to yourself is, I think we started doing this in an entirely different industry. Like it's transformed so much 
in those eight, nine, ten years that you and me have been wedding photographers, that any advice you gave yourself t- nine years ago would be totally irrelevant to the industry now anyway. But yeah, more, it's, I guess more, it's more, there's more advice to give yourself on the photography side of things, isn't there? About, you know, things like finding your style. I would go back and tell myself for the first two or three years that light exists. Light is a thing in photography. Because I just, <laughs> just didn't... I just didn't realize that until until a couple of years in. Uh, yeah, same as me though. No one does though in the beginning. I mean, nowadays people do, I guess, because yeah. there's so much access to information. But um, mm. in the in the beginning, like yeah, even me, I was like, who cares about light? <laughs> like, as long as people look well lit, um, you know. I didn't really. I didn't even know what that meant though. I didn't know what well lit meant. Oh yeah, because I second shot so much, but my but my well lit was is not. It's just basically just exposed correctly (laughs) you can see their faces you know i would go back and tell myself i remember uh being really obsessive in the i mean because i'm quite a technical person i guess technical background i was obsessed in the early days with with making everything be correct you know like they had to be the correct white balance and the correct exposure and the exact the the correct f-stop for the for the type of picture and the you know all all that kind of stuff and it took me longer than it should have taken me to realize there's no such thing as correct and everything is just an artistic choice. And I know you and me kind of disagree on the whole art, arty side of, of wedding photography. But And when I was editing as well, you know, everything was trying to be, be you know, neutralized. That, it's almost yeah, like yeah. Edit, editing was, the job of editing was to neutralize everything and make everything look correct rather than doing what you liked. So, I'm, like, if I, if I could go back and tell myself right before, probably my second wedding. I actually did an all right job in my first wedding. But then I then I lost my way. I mean, I never did a bad job, but I lost my way, like in terms of style, for a good while. Just I was just telling myself, just do what you like. Just just just, just do what you just do whatever you, makes you happy and you feel like is is good. Instead of just thinking, oh, people, I have to do it this way. So yeah, there's, there's my little bit. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but you know what the thing is is that if you didn't understand how to, I guess, like neutralize, like you wouldn't know how to break. Those kind of they're not rules, but do you know what I mean? Like you have to kind of know the stuff. Yeah. Like you have to know how to expose correctly. And it's good to know the white balance and get the right white balance for you know, for the, all those occasions, whatever it is. And then you can be like, actually, this is too cold for me, so now I can warm it up. Then you would never have known that if you just started warming thing. You know, I think like it's good to know the basics and yeah, then from yeah. there just mess around. But it obviously that's like comes with time. And experience and playing. yeah, you're right. You are right. And plus, you you kind of need to know what you don't like to know what you do like as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, like I remember, my my work was quite cold actually in the cold cold in like color temperature terms, not not like in emotional terms. <laughs> in the in the you know the first couple of years, because everything was was trying to be like yeah neutral, but not just because I thought that was what you're supposed to do. But yeah, I mean, that was, that was the thing back in those days is we just didn't have access to the, the level of information we have access to these days. So you, did, you, just, you, couldn't, you couldn't go and ask another photographer why they did what they did because that just wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't what you did in those yeah. days. You were, lucky, you were lucky, really, that you, you had a good relationship with, that, with whoever it was you were second shooting with for that year or two at the beginning because then you get a, you get a proper in, like, insight into how it works and, and how somebody works. So no, I was lucky, man. Yeah, it was, you know, because like... <clears throat> because I guess nowadays 
like not dissing anyone or anything, but you know, people like say group shots, for example, you know, people like, oh, just do two or three and, you know, carry on with the rest of the day and stuff like that. Whereas second shooting for this guy, he taught me the importance of like getting the group shots and doing them correctly and the longevity and the kind of people don't exist no more. You know what I mean? Like all these things that some people talk about now, but he taught me like 10 years ago. So he's given me some of the sort of traditional elements. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, no, uh, no, totally. Which I just do, and I, I don't mind them, to be fair. It's all right. I mean, it's not even about not minding. Like, I noticed the other day, Nishit Palmer, like, shared on his Instagram. Did you see that? Um, he, shared, he made a little post. He, Nishit's a long-time, long-standing member of the Nine Dots community. He uh, shared some words and pictures about his dad on his Instagram the other day and, and shared a group shot that you'd taken of his family. Oh, yeah, yeah. And how it was still, still one, you know, one of his favorite pictures of, of all time. And it's just, it's in, in you know, in, it's just a group shot. Yeah, it was at his, it was at his uh, cousin's wedding actually. Yeah, yeah. I was, and then because he was there, and I was just like, mate, I go, if you want some family photos, you know, in the break or as soon as you know everything's over, I'm more than happy to do it. And yeah, I just did them because I'm like, they're important. I find yeah, them yeah. Important. We we did about we did a lot. <laughs> yeah, he had a fair few photos from there. <laughs> mate, that's classic shit. Give him give him an inch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but it's, it, but. It makes you think, though. Makes you think, and I mean that's one. It's one of my biggest bugbears, anyway. I guess in photography land, and I'd, if you know, staying on theme of our little topic here. But if I could go back and give myself some advice in the early days, it would be just to don't listen too much to the, what the industry is saying or the, what the industry is telling you is right and wrong, because you know the the, I mean, the group shot thing was probably the first like phase when it was like oh group shots are pointless everybody hates group shots don't do group shots anymore don't make you don't let your couples have more than two two group shots yeah. and a lot of that stuff is just arrogance and ego and forgetting why we're there you know forgetting why why we're there on that day so i would go and tell myself don't listen to the industry definitely that's a good one i like yeah, that no. yeah <laughs> Because there's a million, I could go off on a million ranty tangents of things that the industry's told me over the years that I shouldn't listen to. Because the other thing is as well is, you know, you and me love taking portraits at weddings and arguably we get a lot of business from our portraits. And yet the industry will tell you that portraits are pointless and yeah. should focus on the moments and forget portraits. And I would argue that my business would probably be not as nowhere near as strong as it is if I if I didn't... If I hadn't given a good focus to portraits over the years, I'm not saying you know people don't do really well from doing documentary, but don't just be told by the industry that you can't take portraits because they're not important anymore. Because what happens then? We all take exactly the same pictures at all, all of our weddings because all we do is, is is capture these natural moments. Yeah. And then how do you stand how, how do you stand apart from each other? Yeah, exactly. No, you got a really good point there. I mean, I fell into that trap actually three four years ago. You remember? And I was just like, no, I do too many portraits. I, remember, I need yeah. to like. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? Like, it made me up my documentary game, though. So, yeah, but you can I, do that at the same time as still taking portraits. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. But you know what? Like, I still took those portraits, but I just didn't spend as much time and I tried to find other things. But you're right. Like, I, I would definitely say, yeah, don't follow what the industry, you have to do you, you know, don't do what they're telling you to do, basically. Um, yeah, and plus, I, the, the reason, part of the reason you probably ended up going down that kind of because I remember you were a bit down about your work. You you felt like you were you were nowhere near as good at documentary as you wanted to be. Yeah. Even though, like the I remember, I think the first time I was really truly aware of your work was that fearless award you won of the granny be like the the groom hugging his granny or something in the yeah yeah, and it's just incredibly backlit and like it's a beautiful documentary shot. But probably the reason you 
started to be down on your work was because you were listening to the industry too much. The industry was probably telling you that portraits were pointless and you were like, oh, I take loads of those. So, you know, maybe, is my work pointless? So, and trying try it on. And I've done the same, you know, I've, I, I, it's, it's hard not to listen to the, it's a noisy industry, man. So it's, it's hard not to listen to it. I, actually, so talk about listening to the industry. I would definitely tell myself, don't mess around with all these presets and buy all the presets in the world. Because man, I went from like, like you, like a neutral look to actually finding my sort of what I use now, like the more super warm, contrasty look. Um, but then I thought, man, this Visco stuff is all right. <laughs> like, I really like the faded look. I even made a sample album with Visco kind of things. And I showed it to Nay and she's just like, what the heck is this? Like, <laughs> and like, I don't, I was just like, yeah, but this is what's like, you know, and I'm like, I really like it. And I do like neutral tones because actually my old place and everything was all muted as well. And so like I do, I, and all my clothes are muted basically pretty much like, and I was just like, yeah, I really feel it. But you know what? It wasn't for me. It wasn't working. And the people that I showed it to as well, like older clients, like the ex clients and stuff like that. And, and my Insta or whatever Facebook page at that point, you know, had all these like faded images and I had to go <laughs> yeah. back and trawl through it and then delete it all. Yeah. Cause I was just like, man, the thing is I still get sucked into buying presets. So I'd like to still tell myself that because then develop came out and I'm like, and I was just like, these presets, man, I'd like to just see what, so I bought a couple of packs. It's fine. <laughs> but, but I still stuck to my own preset that I built. Yeah. yeah. That was just more to play with and mess around to be fair. Yeah. 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 I just like to see like maybe because maybe there might be one thing they, they do in their preset and I'm like, Oh, should that's a really good thing that would enhance my preset, you know? So that's the only reason I bought them to be fair. But, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm the same. I've not bought I've not bought anywhere near as many presets as you over the years, but I would definitely go back and tell myself that you can't make digital pictures look like film pictures, regardless of how many film film emulation presets you buy. They'll all, they'll never look like film pictures. They will always look like digital pictures with a film preset on them. <laughs> yeah. I'd like even even like even if you buy like I don't know presets by Ben Crisman or something, it doesn't mean your photos are going to like Ben Crisman's photos. It's just impossible. So very true. Very true. You know. It's one of the, the the industry's funny in that way, and that especially the the more visible everybody's got. Like as soon as anybody starts doing well, you're like, oh my god, right? What presets do they use? What camera do they use? What lenses do they use? What what software do they use? What what bag do they use? Like it's almost like we exactly. You make a good example. Like you and me have, have really have obviously followed people like Ben Christman's work over the years, and it's almost like you feel like you need it the same bag and the same strap and the same camera, and then then you'll magically take pictures like him yeah until you meet the guy and then you realize <laughs> yeah. oh my god this guy really loves photography he's next like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah in a different way like yeah. i don't love photography that much as much as this guy loves photography you know yeah i tell you what that'd be my next bit of advice from her for the for the early <laughs> years me is just to don't hero worship other photographers because i waste i spent a lot i mean i was i've probably told this story before maybe on him but i was telling i was telling somebody this story the other day but um you know, I was obsessed with the Chrismans, and when I first discovered Fearless, I was obsessed with the Chrismans' work, Eric Klaus and Otto Schulze, who I mentioned earlier. So I was constantly trying to recreate their images and constantly failing and making terrible photos. You know one thing? You know, yeah. with uh, Otto Schulze, actually, yeah. there was that one wedding, right? I think, was it him, Eric Klaus, and yeah. Ben got together? That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing that I yeah. remember him from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, he was crazy photographer. He was brilliant. And it, and it wasn't long after that I kind of got into his work that he, he just moved away from weddings. 
can't remember, I don't know why he does these days. I've not followed his work as much these days. But I think the whole the whole uh, hero worshiping and idolizing certain photographers and trying to make you know trying to not copy but you know make similar work to theirs and let them let the fact you you know that you love their work seep too much into yours. Like I hated the job for a bit because I was I was constant I was going to weddings and trying to make Christmas photos and coming home with rubbish. And it wasn't until I went and shot a wedding and just said, you know, today, just do whatever. Just shoot any picture you want. And I loved it. Like, it was my, it was my favourite wedding in ages. And I hadn't tried to be, you know, the the weird uh, weird love child of all these different photographers. But yeah, yeah. That, that'd be that my- is, that's, what you, that's what we are, though, isn't it? Like, that's <laughs> exactly that when I first started. Like, the weird love child of, like, this person here, that person there, this preset here. Like, all these things. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Sometimes, you know what, like, even though we're saying, yeah, we're like, you know, don't do this and there's this access to information, but you've got to do them things to find yourself as well, like, because if you don't do those things, you won't find who you are. And like I said, like, maybe following someone's work or a preset or something, I don't know, it might just spark one little bit in you and, it, and then push you further to do your own thing and be like, okay, I could take this that they've told me or given and I can push it to this and make it my own, you know. I think you've, but you've got to go, you don't have to go through it, but like, it's, it's kind of the passage, I guess. <laughs> it is the passage. It's, it is a right passage, but the, the, the one, this, the trouble with presets as well, in a way, is you don't really learn how to edit. If you just, if you just rely on presets, you're not, you're not learning what each, because I expect, I mean, now Lightroom's it's 10 times more powerful than it was back then, but you need to know what each bit does. So sometimes there might be just one random thing that, you know, fixes a picture or improves a picture or, but it might, might not be one of the main bits. And by, by editing and making your own presets and, and tweaking and, and if, and if you're going to use somebody else's presets, really, really look at what that, what that preset's doing. Because the one thing I've found when helping some photographers over the years is they've got a preset, but sometimes they don't know what the preset's doing. So when it when it doesn't quite work right, they don't really know how to tweak around it to make it to you know to make the picture look better. So yeah, good point. Yeah. Making your own preset also teaches you how to use your camera better as well. <laughs> True. So like definitely, I'd make my own because then you know what you to do in your camera to get that end result. Because even when I'm take, taking photos, I know what it, my preset's going to do, so what it's going to look like and if there's bits that, like you said, do need adjusting, I know that I can fix it in this, this, and this. So it's carry on shooting in this scenario or whatever. Yeah. But I had a question for you. What's the worst piece of kit you've bought that you're like, oh my God, why did I buy this? <laughs> That's a good question. I know there's probably a long list, but there is, no, there is for me. No, I'll tell you what, the, what I, the one thing I wasted money on, one of the things I liked about the Sony system was that you could basically attach any, with an adapter, obviously, but you could basically attach any lens you wanted to a Sony. So I just spent a lot of money on adapters to try and attach my old film camera lenses to it. Oh. What a waste of time that was. Mate, I, it was just, it was, I mean, I've probably wasted 500 quid doing that. I've bought, a, I've bought way too many, obviously, you know, these days I use the most expensive LED lights known to man. But over the years, I've, I've bought way too many, like, different LED lights to try and find one that was any good. And uh, yeah, often they end they end up in the bin just for not being very good. But yeah, I'm happy with more ones these days. But I mean, I have wasted an obscene amount of money on photography equipment over the years. Me too, man. Me too. So yeah, much. I, 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 I don't even want to name it all because I'll I'll be done for slander or libel or whichever one it is. Or when you because this, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of really popular in the industry that I just don't rate. You know, I've 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 bought it and I just don't rate it, and then I, I sell it on as quickly as I buy it. 
you know, I, I'm, I've almost become famous for buying something, selling it, rebuying it and reselling it because it's like I've got the short, I've, I've got the memory of a goldfish when it comes to equipment and I just tilt shift lenses, mate. I have, I've bought, oh, the, same, yeah, I bought the same tilt shift lens twice. <laughs> the 45 mil one. <laughs> the 45 mil. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. I mean, and I, I missed the boat both, both times. Not that there was ever a boat. I don't know if there was, but do you remember there was a, there was a, there was definitely a, a phase in probably like 2013 ish. Yeah. When tilt shift was a big thing. I had a tilt shift as well. I could never use it properly. Yeah. I was just like, I take it and I was just like, I should have just done an alien skin instead. <laughs> did, did alien skin exist by then though? I know. Yeah, it did. But I don't know whether the tilt shift thing was in there or not. Yeah, I bought the same tilt shift lens twice because both times, like especially the second time, I just put it on the camera and instantly remembered why I hated it because it was a pain to use. Yeah, You're totally disconnected to what was going on because you were just obsessed with where the flipping blurry line was through your picture. And yeah, I couldn't. I mean, I, t- I took a couple of pictures I really liked with the tilt shift, and the rest were just straight in the bin. I just didn't make the call. And I'm constantly thinking, I wish I didn't have this lens on the camera. But yeah, it's part. It's, I mean, it goes back to what you said right at the beginning. Like, just if you if if you just if you just really focused on on gear and equipment, then you focused on the wrong thing. And uh, I remember going actually way back year one for me. I remember going to a like a training day with a photographer, um, and he that day used the kit lens on the on the workshop all day to prove that really didn't matter what lens you were using and you could make cool images with the with the 1855 whatever so he, he and he was a pretty well established photographer and at the time i remember thinking oh what are you doing just it would look way better with an 85 1.2 on it <laughs> uh, but now i get it now i get the point he was making because uh, it's true and it is and you and you and me champion this all the time and andy that getting it right in camera is not the be all and end all but almost like, it is though, really. Uh, yeah, but it is. Yeah, ninety percent of it. Yeah. You know, sometimes you sometimes you shoot an image, don't you? And you and you kind of you're shooting it to be edited because you you know what you know if you shoot a certain way, you can do certain things to it in the edit. But getting it right in camera for for you know it's just do not enough people do that. Yeah, uh, or, or or don't try it. Like this is a good time, like during uh, lockdown to like you know there's I know people don't want to use their cameras and no one wants to do this and some and some people are like myself taking photos, but like I guess if you didn't know how to get it right in camera, this is a, like a brilliant time to like kind of try and do photos in your kitchen at night in your living room, then go out at daytime and then find some tungsten and find the worst light and just try to keep getting it right in camera because you know what like. I guess if you learn to do that, you will, you'll just fly in your editing like me and you do, you know? Yeah. No, it's true. It's very true. I guess the other thing as well, in, in terms of advice and stuff in the, the past, like the best money I've ever spent, and I and I, it's going to sound like I'm saying this just because we run Nine Dots, but the best money I've ever spent on my, on my business has been on training. Yeah, me too. By far, by far. Like I, I, I did a, a workshop with Daniel Aguilar in 2012, transformed the way that I saw photography but because I, I used to like think man this guy's images they're just insane i don't know what i don't know yeah, yeah. I didn't, at that point i still didn't understand understand light yeah i mean so i was like I know, same. how is it how is he doing this like what is this is, it, is he editing like is he spending like all these hours editing and then not just that but just the just the crazy level of attention to detail and persistence he had to get the shot yeah like trying things trying it again and trying it again and again and again and again and again you know, sometimes a hundred times to get the to get the right shot, 
was just an eye opener for me. And also, you know, just things like fact that, you know, photography is not a numbers game. It doesn't matter if you shoot a thousand images or 10,000 images, as long as you're getting good ones. But yeah, obviously that, that workshop and then same year, maybe a bit later in the year, workshop with Fair or Eastie. And then, yeah, I mean, by, by far the best money that, that I've ever spent on, in my, on me and my business as a photographer has, has been on, on training without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And they've always been good fun as well. <laughs> like, even though you're learning, like I've always enjoyed it. I met, have, like, I guess a few people that I'm still friends with now, like in the beginning of their careers. And like, sometimes, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember we met at Jeff Newsom's uh, workshop or, you know, whoever, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's one, there's one taught me. Like I went to his in Paris, me and my brother, we took a Eurostar there, day trip, and it was amazing. And actually, like Damon Pilmer was there, and like all these other guys. Yeah, yeah. No, you do, you, you do. Yeah. That's yeah, but that's the, that's like that's the, like a massive side benefit, isn't it? Of of in person workshops is the connections and the friendships that you make. Yeah. Like we, there's people in the Nindos community, aren't there, who met on our first workshop, who were like almost like best mates these days. Joking aside, like what you said earlier is. You know, regardless of all this advice you'd go back and give, we we had to go through the things that we went through and the the trials and the tribulations and the spending way too much money to arrive at the photographers that we are today. And uh, there's probably not a lot you can do about that. Even if, it's almost like you know when Bill and Ted don't listen to their own advice in Bill and Ted's excellent. Yeah. Advice, we, I don't think I would have listened to my own advice. No, I wouldn't have either. To be fair, I'm too bloody big, like. Not big headed, but you know, <laughs> like, oh, I can do this on my own. Don't you worry about yourself, Rahul. You do you, I'll do me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I need to still take one of my own advices, which is like, stop buying lighting gear. Because, man, I think every couple of years, I keep spending silly amounts on lighting stuff. And I don't even know why. So it's interesting to, to think back to, the, to those early days, though, because, you know, on the one hand, I can't, re- I can't really remember what it was like. I know I was a totally different photographer than I am these days, and but yeah, I, I think exactly what you said. Just to totally undermine the whole the whole co- content and topic of this episode, you've got to go through you've got to go through your all, all your rites of passage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But mate, it's also like it was nice reminiscing and thinking about it. Now I'm going to like think about it more. It's nostalgic to think that oh yeah, we did all of this, wasted all my money, and then like still came out. <laughs> I guess like I'm not saying that I'm great or anything, but like you know. I earn a living out of it, so can't complain. Yeah, dude. I will see you on the next one, and we'll hopefully we'll have Andy Gaines back alongside us. Yeah, man. Can't wait. You can listen to previous episodes of the Dotcast anywhere people normally listen to podcasts. And remember to download our free ebook, A Coronavirus Survival Guide for Wedding Photographers. In the book, you'll find lots of tips, thoughts, and advice, as well as some email templates and cash flow templates to help your business. Grab your free copy now at 9 dotscoslash corona. Yeah.